Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. Hopefully, at this point, you've listened to part one of our NCAA tournament prospects to pay attention to. This is part two. Uh, the first part of that is the Thursday slate of games, and those teams that will be moving on to also be Saturday teams, potentially. So if you're listening to this over the course of the weekend, you can still catch a lot of these guys. Uh, a lot of the better name players honestly play for better name teams, so they're likely to continue on throughout this tournament. Today's podcast will focus on the Friday slate of games and the team or the players playing in them that um, you know are relevant come draft discussion. And also, presumably, those teams that move on will then also play again on Sunday. So you can catch them again later in the weekend, too. So this is part two. Um, you don't need to listen to them concurrently. It's just different days. So if you want to catch this one because you're going to see the Friday games and you want to know who to watch, that works, too. So no big deal. As always, we're brought to you by the official drink of the Believe in Wizards podcast, Stateside Vodka, and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas. Delicious. I don't know what else to tell you at this point. If you're not trying them, you should be. You can get them anywhere in D.C. and Maryland and uh, moving to Virginia here pretty soon, too. So keep an eye out for that. Also brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, for part two, I've got another one of the hosts of the Upside Swings podcast. I've got Bryce Hendricks joining me. Bryce actually did both parts with me last year. I didn't want to uh, task him with doing so much. I appreciate these guys so much. Uh, I've mentioned on the pod a bunch of times. They just they work hard. They watch a ton of basketball, and it shows hopefully from these podcasts, and hopefully you guys learn a lot. I, I know that I do. So get in that conversation with Bryce in just a second here. Okay, I'm pleased to be joined by another one of the hosts of the Upside Swings podcast. We had Stone Hansen on on part one, and now I've got Bryce Hendricks joining me, another repeat guest. Bryce, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think... We've got some interesting names here. Uh, day one, probably a little more loaded from like the lottery perspective, but still a lot of really good players. And I, I think this is where like really good NBA teams kind of like, you know, make their money by getting these guys that could come in and be cheap contributors. And there's like some intriguing dudes here. So I'm, I'm excited to get into these. Uh, the first game here is at 1215 Eastern time on CBS. It's USC against Michigan, uh, Michigan State. I, there are guys I sort of wrote down like a boogie Ellis could maybe be in the G League. I, I don't see him being an NBA player personally. I, I know at some point uh, Drew Peterson, a six foot eight point forward, has gotten some love out of USC. But realistically for me, for, for the most part, I was kind of like coming up blank on this game in terms of NBA prospects. I, I'm sure you've got somebody for us here. Um, who's the name that that NBA fans should be paying attention to from this particular game? I think the one guy out of, and these both these teams are pretty, you know, barren when it comes to this. But the one guy who I think is legitimately very intriguing from USC is Vince Uachukwu. Um Uachukwu 
missed the beginning of the season because he had a heart condition. I can't remember exactly like the the you know specifics on that, but he had a heart condition. So I was pretty scared for him and and I was just hoping for the best and he came back and just an immediate impact defender for them. Uh mm-hmm. and USC for all the all my gripes with Andy Enfield, legitimately great at developing defensive big men onyeko kongwu yeah. if he was i mean he'd be starting on probably half the teams in the league yep. um or should maybe uh, start on his own current team just potentially saying. yes um absolutely uh i love onyeka still um evan mobley obviously you know now there was some natural talent there but i also think you saw throughout the season at usc him develop and i think we've seen the same thing with vince he is a he's super long he's i think he's listed at seven one i absolutely wow. buy that he's he's huge and he's long and he moves well just a great kind of um springy big he's he's a bit jumpy he's a bit raw there's a lot to like there i think he's someone who i could see next year being like kind of taking that christian coloco jump where it's um does doesn't do much but then once it clicks it really clicks they're one of the best defensive players in the country and a first round caliber guy because someone with his talent once he learns just kind of the basics of rim rotations as a defender how to guard and pick and roll it's just all going to click i i mean i i witnessed it uh firsthand watching him play wsu he like blocked a game winning uh or, or game tying jumper like that, that definitely could have been you know it, it could have changed everything but he's like no i'll just block this and it it was crazy it was impressive um i think he is a legit guy i also think trey white from usc deserves some love here mm-hmm. Kind of like a one-two dribble shot maker type, uh, good athlete, good cutter. Someone who I, I know Stone was really in on coming into the year. I was a bit like 50-50, but I think there's something there. He's a six-seven guy who can hit some tough shots and is a really, really good athlete. So there's something there. They're both probably next year players, mm-hmm. but Vince specifically, I mean, if I was like advising him, I'd say, hey, maybe test and just see, get some feedback because he is potentially lottery caliber long-term just with his level of athleticism and growth as a, as a rim protector. That's just also such a tough position to kind of learn on the fly against now like 25 year old grown men are still playing college basketball and you're kind of a skinny raw, uh, big man. It's like, Hey, um, just try not to get bruised around by some of these guys. Uh, and you're playing Arizona and these big front courts and you've got Muhammad gay and, and people like that. And, um, uh, that's it'll be interesting to see what he does next year. I remember before the year people hyped him up, former five-star uh recruit. And uh to your point about the heart stuff, I had heard that this is not something NBA teams are expecting to like limit him longer term. So um, but that'll be interesting to keep an eye on from the physical perspective. All right, the next game here, 1240 Eastern Time on True TV, Kennesaw State against Xavier. Uh to me, I really enjoy Sule Boom, also just on the all-name team, I think. I don't Again, see him probably as much of an NBA player, but the one guy I have from this whole game is Colby Jones of Xavier, six foot six, uh, junior wing. Uh, am I missing anybody? What do you think about Jones? Uh, where where would you kind of end up with this um, this team at the end of the day? Xavier is a team that's full of like almost sort of type guys, like yeah. guys who are very very fringy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Suli Boom. I think he fits that. He is. He does so many things well that you want to root for him. He's just kind of older, not an elite athlete. Jack Nungy, uh at 6'11", if he was just consistently healthy, 
he'd probably be a guy. Same with Zach Fremantle, who I believe mm-hmm. is still hurt. And he's out um, for the whole tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that that's tough. That and that'll hurt them, you know, long term, maybe a guy like Cam Craft. But but you nailed it on the head. Like Colby Jones is the best guy here. He is maybe like a top 20-ish guy in this class for some. And mm-hmm. and I I could see myself getting there too, because he really does just do everything. I think he is a really solid point of attack defender. Um, you know, they let Boom kind of guard the twos more often and kind mm-hmm. of play off the ball and play passing lanes because they trust Jones to be that screen navigator, put him on really good guards. I think um he did a really impressive job like earlier in the year on guys like Trey Alexander or Ryan Nemhard, guys mm-hmm. who are maybe fringy NBA guys as well. Um, he's just consistently doing impressive stuff there. Um great passer for his position. Uh he he's kind of like a him and boom really split point guard duties. I think Sean Miller has done an excellent job balancing having kind of those two, two guys who could both run an efficient offense on their own, putting them together and finding ways to maximize each of them. Uh, they're both good spot up shooters. Um, they both run good pick and rolls. They kind of run good pick and rolls going the opposite way, which is fun. So you can kind of stick one, you know, Colby Jones is a pretty good kind of left-hand driver getting to those kind of half of the court and just let yeah, them do their thing. Basically. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of fun in that way. I, I enjoy that. And uh, I just think like Jones is so, so good at everything. He's a good athlete at six, five who can knock down some shots this year. He's shooting, you know, 38.2% from three on three and a half attempts a game. It's not bad. He's not like an elite shooter, but you can't leave him open. He'll hit him when he's open and he'll occasionally hit like a pull up or a step back. Um, and he's just kind of done it now for a couple of years. Last year, here's someone who you're like, oh, he's interesting. Averaged pretty efficient 11 last year on a team that came second in the NIT, I believe. Um, and the one thing everyone was like, he just has to improve his shot. He just has to improve his shot. Well, he's done that. And now, like I said, 38% from, t- uh, from three, 57.7% from two. Good passer. There's just not a lot of holes to poke in his game, in my opinion. And those guys at his size just have a lot of value because they have so many different paths to success in the NBA. I question like how high the ceiling is, but if you're taking somebody in the twenties that you want to be able to come in and play like reasonable NBA minutes kind of from the start, I think Colby Jones is kind of the guy that could do that for an NBA team. Like if you're a playoff team and you need another rotation guard or wing, I think he's a, he's a really good candidate. I, I don't know if, I would take him maybe much higher than early 20s or something like that, but I think you could do a lot worse too. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm absolutely with you. I, I think the, I, I'd be shocked if he's ever like a, you know, true all star, but I think there is a lot of room for him to be a solid starter at the two. And if he's not a starter at the two, kind of that backup swing guard, um, and that those types of guys have value and, this class like has a lot of strengths. I wouldn't say like first round depth is one of them. Yes. Once you kind of get past 20 or so, mm. the floor really opens up. And someone like Jones, I could see really boosting his stock with a huge March Madness run. His positioning right now kind of reminds me of where Ty Jerome was before mm. UVA's huge run, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, and Suli Boom is kind of similar to Kyle Guy, actually. So that's kind of funny. Um, but where it's he's big kind of point guard table setter, but it's un it's unsure like how clear of a prospect he is, but then plays really well through March, 
um, and gets up to try Tedrome was the 25th pick, I believe. Yeah, and real, I real late first. Yeah. yeah. I could see Jones kind of getting into that range as well. I view him as like kind of a, again, these are not the sharpest comps, but like I could see him in like a Josh Hart kind of role, like a little initiation of offense, put him on decent guys and he'll, he'll play solid defense against a couple different positions can create a little bit for you. can score a little bit for you. Um, but like not overly flashy. Is that a reasonable-ish comp role-wise. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, yeah, like Hart is definitely a little thicker, yeah. but I, I think in terms of just are going to find ways to provide value at the next level, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Even if they're slightly undersized to be a wing, mm-hmm. maybe not quite the ball handlers to be like a true point guard. They just kind of, they're good enough that they're going to figure it out. And I, I think that's a fair comparison with, with Hart and Jones. I'm also just like really have liked the Xavier team from day one this year and uh, the free mantle injury is, is definitely a bummer. So I, hopefully they still make a run because I think they're extremely well coached and, and just enjoyable guys. Uh, moving on to our next game here, 130 Eastern time on TNT. It's UC Santa Barbara against Baylor. Probably our first big, I don't know, prospect of, of the list here so far. Obviously you have Keontae George, but just the, the guards on Baylor in general are kind of interesting uh, in LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler. Maybe I could see Flagler getting drafted late in the second round, potentially from some team that just needs a 6-3 shootery type. I don't know that I see it with Cryer. Anyone else on this team that can get drafted or I know they have some like higher name or higher profile prospects that, that don't really play for them that are younger guys. So I'm curious if you have any other thoughts on on Baylor, and then we can spend a little time on George too. Um, I know I, I know Stone really likes Flagler and Cryer. I'm I'm not quite there. Again, like third late second round draft picks, it wouldn't shock me. Especially Flagler, like Flagler is a very good off the dribble shooter. That is a a legit skill he has. I still think he's that good at anything else. Um, I think they're, you know, they play in the no middle and the fact that they've been pretty poor defensively uh, this season, I can't remember their exact Ken Palm ranking on that end of the ball. Uh, uh, They're 104th in defense. I think a lot of that is their guard play. Uh, They're just not quite forcing the level of turnovers you'd want. They're not contesting uh, shots and, and uh, their, their smaller stature does make it easier to drive. Um, you know, Jalen Bridges will probably get some looks. I'm not a fan of his. I think being in a no middle has made him look a lot better because his biggest issue, like defensively, was making reads off the ball. Well, when you're in a no middle, your reads are a lot easier. It's it's super flat. You know, you know, you're basically making two decisions at a time instead of five decisions or whatever. And that's really helped him. And he's looked better this year. I still don't think that necessarily translates. Um, if he shoots, maybe, uh, just cause he's six, seven and a good athlete. Um, but yeah, there's no one on this team who really stands out to me as really a guy. The closest I'd, I'd give is Langston love Langston love was injured all of last year, but he was someone who I thought was, what I was thinking of, yeah. yeah, was potentially a one and done caliber guy. Like mm-hmm. I thought he was that good out of high school, played at Montford, was a good off ball defender, was a really good shooter and kind of a rugged driver. Um, haven't really seen it. He he still looked like when you watch him play, he still looks injured. If I'm being completely honest, he looks mm-hmm. like he's still a little hampered. Um, just compare like his explosiveness at Montford to uh, his explosiveness now. It's just a little, it's it's a little worse, and you can kind of tell. And I hope he's getting healthy, but um, that's probably the closest guy outside of Keontae George to being a real prospect. 
So Keontae George, for anybody not familiar, 6'3-ish, I would say shooting guard. I've seen some people project him as a point guard longer term. As uh, the fan of a team who just took a shooting guard that they tried to wedge into a point guard, I would not really love to see that again. I just think of him as just like a bucket getter. Uh, like that that's the role for me. Um, do you think he has point guard in him somewhere? Like, have you seen enough flashes of that that you'd be sold on that? No, uh, absolutely not. I, I think for Wizards fans, Johnny Davis was a much more real point guard prospect than Keontae George, in my opinion. Uh, Keontae George's biggest issue is that he is just a really bad processor. Like, I think he's just really slow to kind of pick up on what's going on throughout a play. He's pretty bad at recognizing where he is in space. His proprioception um, is pretty iffy. Uh, he is a very good shooter. Like mm-hmm. um, that's the one thing I'll really bank on. Uh, but I there's not really much else in his game I love. And when he's six, you know, like you said, six three, maybe six four. He's strong enough that you could probably at least give him the six four listing and not yeah, be right. listing him out of position. Like he's very strong. He's a solid on ball defender, but not like lockdown. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. um, not a great you know, rotator on defense. Again, the no middle does hurt that. Like it's hard to see exactly how good he is in rotation because he plays for Baylor. But for me, I just, I'm much lower on George than some because I don't really see bucket getter as much as I just see shooter. Shooter. Okay. He can take a couple dribbles. He can, you know, but like, I don't think the handle is very complex. He's not super bothered by contest, which is nice. But again, that proprioception does hurt him. He's pretty consistently like, passing up open shots because he predetermines like, oh, I'm going to get a closeout. And the guy doesn't close out hard, but he's taking two dribbles into a contested mid-ranger anyways. And that type of stuff, like when the margins are thinner at the NBA level, it just gets much more damaging. And that's not to say you can't be taught to understand a little bit better. Like you just need to launch from three. But outside of that, I, I there's not a ton about his game I really love and see translating at a high level in the NBA. I think for me, I hope someone advises him to just like, or a team, whoever drafts him, just doubles down on the things he does well. Like those things you're talking about, like shot selection and and processing speed and awareness and and um, understanding the flow of the game a little bit better, I think are all things that hopefully he gets better with over time. The trying to make him a point guard thing, I think is, is a lost cause. Uh, I, I do like some of the driving. He's not like a bad athlete, I don't think. Uh, like, I mean, every once in a while, he'll put a guy on a poster. And I, I think he maybe has slept on a little bit from that perspective. But again, I'm just kind of over like the 6'3 shooting guard uh, who doesn't do a whole lot else and probably doesn't project as a high level defender. So I think that's why I'm higher on George. I think you can get somebody who does at least a reasonable facsimile of what he does 20 spots lower and. It, it won't be that big of a drop off. And and every year there's a couple six, three guards that I, I don't know, like I've been, I've been fooled enough by the Malik monks and the James book Knights and these kinds of guys that I, I'm not going to get suckered in on George again. So I, I think I'll probably have him honestly, like outside the lottery, I think, which is like way below consensus. It seems like. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I have him. I haven't like done my full board yet, but I I'd, I'd be shocked if I have him really above 20. Uh-huh. Um, I just don't, I, I I'm with you. I just don't like six, three shooters. Like it's just yeah. even Malik Monk was like a far better athlete. Yeah, and that too. was projectable and probably a better ball handler as well. Yeah. Um, and he's proven to be a very good player. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think you were necessarily wrong for him, but 
like like you mentioned uh george's athleticism he's a very good two-foot leaper but he is an awful one-foot athlete his burst is pretty bad he almost never jumps off one to try and finish like Mm -hmm. it's pretty stark just how consistently below the rim he is and when he is trying to get above the rim it is always on these two foot you know load ups and he's picking up way outside like the charge circle sometimes and he's really far away from the basket um and that's part of the handle being weak but it's also just he struggles to bend around defenders his his athleticism is just not all the way there it's strength-based and it's kind of two foot but he's not bursty and he's not someone who is like I don't think he's very att- effective, like attacking closeouts either. He can take one dribble, and if he if you could teach him to make a good decision, and he's an elite shooter who can take one dribble and make a good decision, there might be something there. But I really don't see that even like sixth man scorer type that some do. That's just not who he is, in my opinion. I, I've seen like the Bradley Beal comp, and it drives me nuts because I think even college Bradley Beal was just a smarter player and he did other things. He could rebound a little bit. And I think Beal's a much better athlete. I, Despite me just saying like, I don't think George is a terrible athlete. I, I still think Beal is a much more athletic player. And and to me, they're, I, I'm, I'm just even saying college version of Beal that didn't have the ball handling and things like that, I still think was a much better prospect than Keontae George's. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not always one for comps, but I think if you're really looking for one for George, the closest I could come up with is Quentin Grimes. Um, like if you want like a really good player, like who's stuck out, like Grimes is a good on ball defender who is also a very good spot of shooter. I think Grimes is probably a better, like pick and roll ball handler. Mm-hmm. Um, even though by the end of, uh, his career in college, Grimes was not getting discussed like that. Uh, but I, I, that's like, I think those two are more similar than any of like the sixth man, like. I've heard a ton of cough for Keontae Jordan. I mean, people compared him to Damian Lillard in the preseason. Like he he's not that type of scorer. He's a he's a shooter who can occasionally uh you know hit a dribble move and create some mm-hmm. space, but I don't think he is a like ISO one-on-one scorer or a high-level pick and roll ball handler. So then your options become much more limited. I think we just killed a reasonable percentage of listeners to this because he's been a reasonably popular name with Wizards fans and you see a lot of the tweets when he has a 28 point game on decent efficiency and uh, obviously not as many if he has like a 12 point game or whatever. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that pans out. I think because we're both lower on him, at least me being lower on him, I've guaranteed that he'll now be like a four time all star. So um, <laughs> you're you're welcome, uh, George family. All right. Next game here, 2 p.m. TBS VCU against St. Mary's. These were like two teams I enjoy personally and would have as like sleepers and I thought would be uh, like sneaky teams to pick off better seeds. And naturally, they would put them together uh, in the first round, which is a bummer. Not like a ton here from an NBA perspective. I've got one that I think you're probably going to wildly disagree with. And I don't know why I think that. So I'll be interested to hear you. But I just love Aiden Mahaney. Um, I I'm, think... with, no, I'm with you 100%. Oh, don't... OK, yeah, good. I All love right. Aiden Mahaney. Yeah, I, I I think I keep saying that to people and everyone's like, no, you're stupid. He's four years away from even being a G League player. But uh, I just love this dude, like a, a real point guard, probably more of a scoring point guard at this point in his life. But I also think that has a lot to do uh, with the way St. Mary's runs their offense and just pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll and, and things like that. But uh, good size, like he makes smart reads. I think he's physical enough to be a good defender. He's not like a great athlete, but it's also not like a shitty one. So. I just 
he's also got like balls of steel, man. Like the end of that Gonzaga game is the one everyone's going to point to. But even when you just watch them, like they need something late. They're going to a freshman point guard. And I'm always willing to just take a chance on a decently sized freshman point guard um, that, you know, that has some stones to him. Yeah, no, I I, I love Aiden Mahaney. I thought he was super underranked coming out of high school. He was one of the best uh, high school players in California his senior year, which that alone, like, will always spark intrigue for me. Uh, he, and he's, he's from right down the street from St. Mary's from high school, too, right? Like, yep. Isn't he like in that neighborhood? Yep. He's uh, I mean, I, I think probably part of why he was underranked is because this commitment has been done for a while. And yeah. sometimes when that happens, people just dudes get underranked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Mahaney's good. Like he's just, it, there are guys who, you know, I, I like to think I do a lot of in-depth analysis and all that, but there are guys who I just watch and I'm like, he's just a guy. Like I, yeah. I, I don't need to explain it much more than that. Like he is a truly excellent pick and roll operator in my opinion, even though he's not usually getting to the rim, he can. And, and St. Mary's spacing hurts him sometimes with that. I, I'm with you where I think he's a not great, but projectable enough athlete um he is a elite shooter he is one of the better shooters um in any class whatever whatever class he ends up being in he will be a top five shooter in that class because pull-ups spot-ups off some movement he can hit all types of shots um you mentioned you know that shot at the end of the gonzaga game like he what what really impresses me is when teams even when teams lock into him and he has like tough stretches He's able to overcome them, and there are multiple times this year where I've been watching a St. Mary's game, and it's like, oh, Aiden Mahaney's 0 for 6 to start the game, and then he goes 7 of his next 7 and is all of a sudden 7 of 13 from the for the from the field. And it's like, that's someone I'm just going to bet on. I think he's a good passer. He plays with a really impressive pace. Yeah, that's huge. When you watch him, and, and you know, if I was just, if you were just watching a random St. Mary's game, uh, watch the one against VCU. I'm sure you'll see it. You'll be like, oh, that's a senior. And bingo. That guy's a senior. Um, he's He's been here forever. And it's like, no, he's not just a freshman. I believe he's like true freshman age yeah, as he's well. Young. He's yeah. he's 18. And I, I'm I'm shocked he's not talked about more. Because for me, if he was in this class, he'd probably be top 20 for me. So I, very... I might be crazy. And I know I'm out on a limb there. And I've, I've spent a while trying to convince some people. But he's just a guy. He just does it. And, and every time I watch him, I get more and more impressed. Um, so I'm with you 100% on Aiden Mahaney. There's at least one person listening to this because this is just how uh, the comments I get. But somebody will go, oh, like, oh, cool. You like the white point guard. But um, he, he's just really good and fun. And I also think I'm biased. I watch a lot more games in your time zone than I do in mine just because it works out for me better schedule wise. So I've seen them a ton this year uh, and just just really enjoy them. And St. Major's is kind of like a weird team to project offensively too. But there's also enough like Randy Bennett guards that have just like come out and been solid because he gets MFers and. Uh, this is a guy that's not going to back down from somebody, you know, he's banking in a three against Gonzaga and he's running down the court talking shit like I'm all for that. Uh, the Marshallonis kid, I don't see any world where he's an NBA player, but but maybe I'm crazy there. And anyone else from this game uh, is, is Ace Baldwin, somebody you I don't know if he's on a G League team, it wouldn't bother me, but I don't really see any real NBA guys from here. Yeah, I think. um I think Ace Baldwin is at least interesting. He did win A10 Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year this year, so that's worth something. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Rhodes is a great coach. Like that's yeah. something I will absolutely give him. I was all in last year on Vince Williams, mm-hmm. so I, I'm I'm very high on on Baldwin for what he is. 
the, the issue with Baldwin is just that he's like he's, uh, he's just kind of he's small. Yeah. He's not a, a an efficient scorer. Um, he's you know just not he 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 is also you know played at a small school and didn't do he wasn't like incredible you know at this small school even though he did win a 10 player of the year like his his stat profile doesn't explode but 5.9 assists when you consider the load he had on offense i think is pretty impressive mm-hmm. um he has to do a lot for this team they are not super talented offensively they're defense first kind of nose to the grindstone team and they rely on him a lot to be their guy as a playmaker so i i think baldwin is at least worth like a two-way look maybe at the, at the very least like a summer league um invite even if i i'm not all the way on in on him much above that i also think Jaden nunn is someone who could potentially be interesting just a really good athlete who can also shoot a little bit i think that's something six four doesn't play a ton um but is is a, just a just a fine interesting player who maybe by his senior year is more more interesting so that's kind of that's kind of it uh st mary's is always full of like guys who are just fringe yeah, you know i love good european Tommy players Cousy. if they want yeah mm-hmm. like like um that's uh i'm blanking on their center's name but he's from seattle gotcha. uh so like i've always i've had eyes on him for a while and he's gonna be like a really solid like liga acb starting center someday but just not quite an nba guy is there any way world where like Logan Johnson spends some amount of it gets a 10 day in the NBA or something that and for anyone not familiar, he's the I don't know, let's say shooting guard essentially for St. Mary's a little undersized, but he's athletic as shit and also kind of ballsy and just good passer. Yeah, he, he just like make shit happen. If, if I mean, without being like too technical, like he does good things, I think he I could see him getting like a two way like he 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 feels like a classic G League player Yeah, where it's like not good at a lot of the technical things but works hard and is a good guy to just have around yep. and, and again when you're coming from a randy bennett system it, i'm not gonna like pretend randy bennett runs like an nba style system at all but bennett is a very good defensive coach yeah, yeah, and yeah. i think i think it it's important for some guys to have that type of coaching and and you know it's important to fill the g league with guys who are going to make your stars work hard in practice for whatever that's worth. So I, I I'd be shocked if he's ever on like a real roster or even a two way, but he is at least fun. And I, I hope he gets to at least stick in America for a little bit. Um, is he Australian or is he, he uh, might be Australian. Oh, he is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's American. I think he's from California somewhere, but um, they always have, they always have like a ton of Australians. So yeah, their whole team check. is, is usually from some other place. And I think one of the shooters, um, Dukas maybe is a yeah. Aussie. Um, yeah. Dukas and, is an Aussie. And la- last year they had, um, uh, a couple Aussies that of course going back like Patty Mills, Delvadova and all those yeah. guys. Logan um, Johnson is from California. You're right. Um, and then Mitchell Saxon is, uh, the center. Yeah. Totally yes. drawn a blank there. Um, this is a fun game again, not prospect heavy, but two defensive minded teams that play defense like almost totally differently so i think um that'll be uh, i don't know basketball nerd kind of do you, do you think watch. this game gets to 100 points total <laughs> it, it's it's questionable i would take uh if the over under was 110 i think i might consider the under yes uh next game 245 cbs uh 13 seed or excuse me 15 seed vermont plays uh marquette two seed 
I, I enjoy this Marquette team. I think if I were a college basketball player, I would just like want to play for Shaka Smart. And he's just like a good, likable dude. Uh, I don't know that I buy any of their NBA prospects, uh, particularly. Tyler Kolick is like the engine for the team as a 6'3-ish point guard. He used to be like only a scorer and now is magically like an amazing facilitator for people. Um, also kind of that balls of steel guy. Like, you know, he's like middle finger in the crowd as he runs down the court. I, I like that stuff. I don't know that I see him as an NBA player. Um, so uh, the, maybe the bigs, um, Oso Iguodaro, uh, and then um, Omax Prosper. Like, I, I I don't know. Do you, do you see either of those guys lasting as NBA guys or, or worth, think, worth the draft pick on? I think Kolek is actually a potential NBA guy for me. Mm-hmm. I prefer him to guys like Flagler and I actually um, do too. And he's more like, fun to watch. Shelf yeah. like like guys in that range, like you know, of all the classic college guards, mm-hmm. I think I like Kolek and again, another white guard. So you know, maybe I got something going on here. But um I, uh, no same here. I'm with you though. He's just fun. Well and he's so my favorite like if I'm searching for someone who is going to be a backup point guard what I want is someone who can run a high volume of pick and roll at a fairly efficient level. And I think mm-hmm. Cole can do that. He is just, he plays with a very impressive, I mean, he was the biggest player of the year this year. The mm-hmm. Big East was awesome. Like I, yeah. I would argue it was the second best conference in college basketball this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that just gets kind of overlooked that he was just really impressive. He, you know, obviously Chaka and Marquette run this like very up-tempo, very free-flowing offense, but when they did slow down, like he just manages to get buckets. You don't really expect it. He's not dunking on dudes, but good touch and floater range, really nice passer, maybe the best passer in college basketball. So yeah, I just think, you know, with Kolek, there's just a lot to like there. I don't know how high I draft him. I'd have to do a real deep dive, especially on his defense. Like that's obviously the thing that could be potentially really flammable. And he's not like an elite shot maker or shooter. He's just good at the sport of basketball and i think there's just something there with with guys who who do what he does there's you know we've seen it before guys who are are just good college backup you know college point guards who go on to be successful backup point guards in the league and i still think you know there are guys currently in the league who used to fit that bill who i still think have potential you know guys like malachi flan or whoever there's just there's something to be said for just being good and you might be older, you might not be the most athletic, but if you're just good at a lot of things, you're going to have a shot. Um, as for their bigs, I don't really see it with Oso. I, I think he's fairly underwhelming as an athlete. He is an interesting passer, uh, mm-hmm. and he gets a lot of credit for that, but I don't find his reads particularly difficult or high level. He's just good at executing simple passes. And that that matters. That's something. But when you're not like a great shooter, you're not a great athlete. He's, not he's a, probably only like six eight. You know, yeah, not enough to uplift you as a prospect. If, yeah. You know, yeah, it it helps a good college team win a lot, and it's helped right. Marquette a lot. And I don't want to take that away from him, but I I don't really see the the NBA upside with him. Omax, I find interesting. Uh, Maxence proper prosper, excuse me. Um, just a good lateral athlete for someone who's six eight. Really long. He gets in a stance well. Um, bothers ball handlers. He plays at the top of their one three one press. So anytime you see a guy that big doing that, it's interesting. The shot is really slow, and he's not like a super comfortable ball handler. 
but he is an elite finisher. Like he is super efficient near the rim, gets fouled a lot. I, there's maybe something there. I'm not the highest on Omax, but uh, he he's at least someone to kind of keep tabs on. Is he? Is there any world where he's a wing at the next level? Like uh, that's what I. Th- yeah, okay. I think he's a three. Like the the comparison I'd probably have for him, like as a high end, is like Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah. Okay. Um and. I would argue that Finney Smith jumper was probably more broken in college than yeah, Omax's yeah. is. Um, now, obviously, DFS, incredible development story. Mm-hmm. He's just a super hard worker. And, you know, Omax would have to be that too. But if, you know, if he is a good worker, like I think he is a wing. I, he plays as the five and he sometimes gets talked about as a five, but he's a like three in the NBA to me. Someone who you're putting on wings. He's at his best guarding shooters. Like he did probably a better job than anyone else this whole season on Jordan Hawkins for UConn. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something to be said for him being like someone you can put on a clay Thompson and just lock and trail, stay connected, give him no space. Uh, there's something to be said for a guy who could do that. If they knock down open shots, all of a sudden you're kind of cooking with gas there. I listed him as like a three and a half, you know, just sort of like that a little bit, everything. And that's sort of a mold that the wizards seem to love. So I don't know, maybe on our radar somewhere. Uh, the next game, three ten on true TV. It's the winner of Mississippi state and Pittsburgh, which by the time people listen to this will have been decided, but not as our, our recording uh, against Iowa state. I don't really like anyone as an NBA player from either of these three teams. Uh, anyone, you're you're feeling that that's I don't know worth a draft pick or anything like that. Not particularly. Iowa State next year is going to be really interesting with Milan Malamovic. I'm saying that wrong. I know I am. And um, uh, another five star they're bringing in whose name I am blanking on. Uh, but Iowa State is one of those teams who succeeds right now by just being old. Yeah. At system. I mean, Osuno Osuniyi is probably the closest to a guy uh, as like he's a six ten center who is a pretty solid high level rim protector yep. who will take a, the occasional open three, not really a shooter, but is a, an elite finisher, 61.1% from a uh, two point range. Um, so there's something to be, you know, maybe as like a G league big who sticks around. We, we see that happen like all the time. If you're just six ten and you know how to block some shots and He's not a be a complete liability, too, I think mm-hmm. like there's always, you know, I, I think of guys like, um, uh and birch mm-hmm. just stuck around forever by just if you just have like a good attitude about things and you're that big there's something there i also can't help but love aljas uh kunk um who was of course um a washington state player uh for three years before transferring to iowa state he's been hurt most of this year but a really nice passer for his size good defender who just makes plays and makes good rotations probably not quite a guy because the shot's not really there and he's not a good ball handler or anything like that, but he's healthy now. So I think he's, he's kind of fun to watch and he is from Slovenia and, you know, so maybe there's something there. Like I, I could see him playing pro overseas a little sure. bit and then coming back you know, later or something. Yeah. Yep, coming back later. As for like, like miss, like I, I don't really see it with, with those other teams at all. Mississippi state, uh, their best prospect is Anderson Garcia, who just doesn't like play a ton um or did i get that name wrong i must be thinking of someone else um sorry about that uh they have you know dj jeffries who some like uh but i i don't really see it with shaquille moore is 
really undersized kind of shooting guard. Um, so I none of these teams really stand out to me. They're just kind of classic good college teams yeah, where they're very experienced. They have good systems, um, you know, pretty good coaches, especially Altenberger, I really like as a coach. Yeah. Um, but none of them really have guys who you're projecting highly at the next level. Totally agree. Uh, next game, 4 p.m., TNT, NC State against Creighton. There's like a bunch of fringe dudes in here to me. Uh, let's just start with NC State. I don't really like Turquavion Smith that much. I know that like basically means I'm getting voted off like the draft Twitter island for saying that because I think he was like everybody's darling last year. But another six three and a half, really skinny uh, guy that's just going to like shoot a bunch. And I don't really know how much else he gives you. I actually don't even think he was the best player on his college team this year. I thought Jarkel Joyner was better. Um, not really an NBA prospect, but uh, where are you with with Turk? I I'm with you where Turk just doesn't really move me much. I think he is he's fine. He yeah. um is a good shooter, but I don't know if he's like a great shooter. Kind of inefficient this year a lot, like a lot of the season too. And despite playing with like solid spacing and like a fine offensive context, like I just. I don't really see it with Turk. I didn't see it last year either. Same. We did a deep dive on him last year and he was like a, he's like a second round type guy for me. Like there's a clear, um, some upside, like there's clearly some upside with pull up shooting plus solid handle plus good athleticism, but he's a pretty inefficient finisher, even still not a great passer. I just, he just doesn't really move me. I, I agree with you that Jarkel Joyner is fun. He's maybe like a fringe guy. Again, not a great passer, but, just a great pull-up shooter mm-hmm. who you mentioned guys who, you know, kind of have that chip on their shoulder and play tough. Like yeah. Joyner does that. Um, Casey Morsell is like a super undersized wing. He's like a six, three small forward, right. not really a guy. I think Creighton is the team with the, Same. with the more interesting prospects, um, which again, sound like blasphemy to some because I don't know where Turk is viewed in consensus, but there are definitely still some people who would have him as a top 20 pick. And I'm just not there. I just don't really get it at all with Turk. I think I've seen mostly like 20 to 35 being more representative of his range at this point. And this was a guy that I I know a lot of the major services had like lottery, you know, fringe lottery coming into the year. And he honestly kind of, I'm not even going to like, I was going to say he didn't get better. He might've been a little worse this year um, with, with a kind of better context for him. So I don't know. Well, That's what's funny though. Like is, is, you know, he had like he's had all the chances in the world to get better because the team around him has gotten better. Yeah. I don't think Keats is like an awful coach. I don't think he's a great coach by any means, but like like he's had a lot of leeway to get better, and he's just kind of been the same guy. He didn't put on weight again. I don't think he's really proved as a finisher passer. He's just kind of the same guy, and you know, I I wasn't all that into him last year, and I don't think I've moved much this year. If anything, he'll move down a little bit just because he's a year older. So I. That's kind of where I land with Turk. On the Creighton side of things, there's honestly like four and a half-ish guys, I think, here that are going to be on teams' radars. Uh, Trey Alexander, potentially maybe the best NBA prospect of the group in terms of like consensus view. Uh, he's a six-foot-four, I don't know, guard wing type. I've got Arthur Kaluma, sort of more of a four-three to me, really athletic, not super consistent, not my favorite player personally. You got Ryan Kalkbrenner, who's like just very, very tall and good at not fouling people while being very tall. 
decent form. Maybe he shoots it at some point in life. I actually kind of like Kalkbrenner. If I if I were running a G League team, I would want him to be my starting center next year and just try it out from there. Got Baylor Shireman six. I think Creighton lists him at six seven. I think yeah, I would be surprised if he's more than like six five. But uh, he rebounds really well and he shoots the shit out of it. So any any of those four guys sort of stick out to you more than others, or that you're higher on than than the rest. I think Shireman is my favorite of that group. I think he is a true uh, PD Web uses the term five tool shooter, and I think he's like pull ups, step backs, movement shots, spot ups. Like he is up there for me with like best shooters in this class and that's saying something because this class is absolutely chock full of shooters that's its biggest strength outside of Wemby um it's just full of good shooters and I think he's up there with the best of them uh he can like legit well beyond NBA range um and not just like stand still beyond NBA range either taking movement shots and pull-ups off NBA out of NBA range in that um, Maui tournament in the gym, they had the yellow line just inside half court, and he was definitely like pulling up from the yellow line. And it was like, uh, this guy's done this like four times this game. Uh, and yeah. this is somebody that scaled up in competition level this year and honestly didn't really drop off at all. If, if anything, I thought he looked better. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's the type of guy who, and I kind of predicted that, like, like he was my favorite transfer portal guy last year. Yeah. Um, and coming into this year, I picked Creighton too uh be i had them in my championship and i guess spoiler alert i i in most of my march madness brackets i have them in yeah, my championship as well good I, I love this team and i i think shireman is a big reason for that i think he is such an electric floor spacer but he can also like make good reads as a passer he's very good at leveraging his jumper to He's not, he's rarely driving to like get all the way to the rim. Although he's not a bad athlete, like he's not, that's not his game, but he is good at, if someone's going to chase me off the line, I can take a couple dribbles. If someone doesn't help, I could get all the way to the rim, but I'm going to force help. And then I'm going to kick out to a shooter or the ball moves. He's great at that. He's a great ball mover mover. He's a good defender, especially in help. Like I think he just makes the right reads. He's just like, he's six, six ish, six, five ish great shooter who does a lot of other good things those types of guys I, I just think get underrated sometimes and if you look back at like very few players have his track record of efficiency like over the course of their whole college career and i know some of this was in the summit league but it is notable that he absolutely dominated the summit league like if you shoot almost 50 percent from three in a league where everyone knows you're going to take every tough shot for your team it means you're a real shooter i mean that's how yes. i look at it and he was still like like you know, I, I sometimes like to look at like dunks for, you know, guys at that level. He dunked a lot for someone who mm-hmm. you don't look at and see as like a high level athlete. But like so over the last three years, um, it, it, the, the last two years at South Dakota State, he went 43.8% from three on 5.6 attempts, 46.9% from three on 5.1 attempts. And this year he's at 36.2 on 6.4 or 6.5 attempts, excuse me. But again, a lot of those super contested, a lot of those super deep. Uh, cannot leave him open. So he's a guy for me. He's he's probably a first rounder on in, on my board. Um, like so that that might I prefer him to Turk for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Uh, as for kind of the other guys, I think Kalkbrenner is just like you mentioned G League. Like he's just a, he's just someone who does a lot of things right. And mm-hmm. I, again, a big who doesn't make mistakes, has good touch. Those guys have a chance. You know, he's. This year from uh from two, he is shooting 74.3% uh 
per 40 uh yeah 73.4% like just really efficient inside the inside the arc hits his free throws fine maybe he could hit threes i, I that's probably a long shot but really good defender you know maybe the best defender kind of in this section of the bracket um you know a tim or charles bediaco probably mm. so like he's someone who is worth keeping an eye out for um trey alexander i'm not i don't really get it personally yeah i i'm not all the way there like he is a funky driver he does some you know interesting things kind of leveraging his athleticism his pace is good but i i'm not all the way there and the same with arthur kaluma i honestly think kaluma is just kind of bad right now he doesn't really do anything at a positive level other than you know the occasional like interesting funky drive or euro step where you're like oh that's interesting for a six seven guy but the shot isn't really there um, he's kind of lost like a good percentage at the time and i think yeah. that hurts them because he just like seems like he's running into where somebody else is supposed to be yeah no i'm with you uh that is it feels pretty consistent um that he's just a little bit lost out there Nemhart is again like just like his brother uh he's probably like a four-year college guy but by the end of that maybe you know just because he's i still have stock on the brother by the way every year i see him at summer league and i'm like how's this guy not like hooked on somewhere for some amount of time he's a uh he seems like he's sticking for uh for the pacers uh, you must be confused with someone he was drafted last year Andrew oh sorry I was, I was not thinking um Andrew Nemhard, Jesus. Yeah, I love Andrew Nemhard. Uh sorry, I'm I was thinking RJ Nemhard that played at um Oh yes. At, I uh, like Utah. I like RJ too. Yeah. I don't know if he's related. I you would kind they're, of they're not, so, but... they are not related. They are definitely I've looked this up before. Um I'm just confusing the wrong Nemharts there. Switch. But yeah, I, I liked RJ too for what that's worth. But yeah, Andrew seems like he's stuck. now Andrew's quite a bit bigger than Ryan. Uh yeah. Andrew's like six five. Ryan is maybe six foot even, but what like stands out to me with Nemhard, Ryan Nemhard, is that he's like a really solid athlete, like good burst. He had one like huge dunk all over Anthony Black in the Maui Invitational game um, that like <laughs> caught everyone off guard because it looked like he was going to go for like a scoop layup. And then all of a sudden he he's stretched out. Yeah, right at the rim. And so, you know, there's some fun stuff there. I also just think. Greg McDermott, is, and, and this is somewhat distracting from the prospect talk, but Greg McDermott is just one of the best coaches in college basketball. I think he gets so underrated as just a guy who gets things done on both ends. Um, and I think that that's that's good for these players as prospects. It's going to help them develop. Kaluma specifically really needs some good coaching to develop. And uh, I think it's also why I'm so high on them as a tournament team. This might be like their worst offensive team in a long time, and it's still a good, fun offensive team. Uh, keep it a moving here. Just one of their conference mates here uh, on the 430 TBS game. Six-seeded UConn uh, against 13-seed Iona. Kind of a tough matchup, honestly. I feel like Iona's like spunky enough. Obviously, Rick Pitino's the coach. That's always interesting. The two real prospects I have for this year's group, um, Jordan Hawkins, six-foot-five shooter for UConn, Andre Jackson, 6'6 wing. You could also maybe say Donovan Klingon, uh, the like seven foot twelve backup center for UConn as an eventual prospect. I doubt he comes out this year. Maybe Adama Sinogo plays some amount of minutes. I, I don't know for somebody, but um Hawkins shoots the shit out of it. I think that's probably worth starting with him. Uh, where are you at on Jordan Hawkins as a prospect? 
Yeah, Hawkins is really, really fun. Like he's just a good athlete who he is the closest thing we've seen in terms of shot volume to Clay Thompson since Clay Thompson just run around and hit shots and and be good at that. (laughs) Brayden's whole offense this year is built around him sprinting all all the time nonstop and just grabbing and you know grabbing the ball off DHOs and that type of stuff and it's it's worked because he is kind of their only real spacer like someone like a Tristan yeah. Newton is super inconsistent Andre Jackson cannot shoot at shoot all, at all. Yeah. Um, which if he could yeah. he'd be a really fun player um, if he could he'd be a he'd be a first round pick but because he can't like and his shooting is so damaging that it's yeah. like he's we'll talk about him in a second but Hawkins is He's just a like really impressive all-around off-ball scorer with projectable size at 6'5 who plays really hard on defense. Like those guys are just generally good bets in the first round. I feel like I've called a lot of guys first round picks. That always happens. And then when I actually build up my board, first it's first round it's caliber than, pick. How yeah. And Hawkins specifically is just if he really is that type of like nuclear bomb it off hard movement shooter. That has so much value, especially because he can do that and not be a liability on defense. Because the issue with someone like a Duncan Robinson, you know, some of it's that the shot has kind of fallen off. But the bigger issue is that even with all his offensive gravity, if you could just attack him. Yeah, Yeah. if you could just attack him all the time. Hawkins is a pretty good defender, I would say. He's not great at the point of attack, but he's, you know, if you're not asking to guard like true point guards, he does pretty well. Uh, makes good rotations and help defense jumps passing lanes when he can good athlete too, like, like pretty bouncy. Um, so can kind of has some upside as a cutter, or if you run him off the line, attacking a closeout, just pretty good at everything except like running straight pick and roll. But other than that, you know, for a six, five shooter, he could put the ball in the deck a little bit and hit a pull up or get to the rim. He's just a guy. He's been one of the best players in the big East and, uh, I expect him to have a pretty big tournament if he just catches a little bit of fire. Um, he's the type of guy who can really boost his stock throughout March. They just need someone on that team to like initiate offense or just like dribble in general. Like um, Andre Jackson, just teams are guarding him with like it's like Russell Westbrook in college, you know, like or ben, put a, like Ben Simmons in the NBA. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like you could just sag off of him completely. And I don't know that that's that's kind of tough context. Um I don't know. I don't think anybody there's worth spending a, a whole lot more time on. Um, Klingon is at least interesting. Like, I don't think there's any world where he comes guy, out this year, though. Do you? He shouldn't because next year's class is so bad that yeah, he'll a be lot a lot of guys. Pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's like like pretty swift for a seven two guy. Mm-hmm. He's long, has pretty good feel near the rim on defense. Just not like not elite at anything really, other than you know finishing, but. Like just, just someone worth monitoring long term. But yeah, I'm with you with Andre Jackson. Like, even his defense, I think, is maybe slightly overrated. But if he could just shoot, he'd be a guy. Yeah. But he can't at all. Tristan Newton was someone I like coming into the year. Yes. You know, for Iona, there's really no one. Maybe like I'm a fan of like Barrick Jean Louis as like a you know a a low level G League player. Sure, but that's about it. Uh that's the deepest cut you're going to find on this podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That That's a, um, a very good Someone point. who averages eight points per game at Iona. I know that's about as crazy as it gets. No, I, I love it. I mean, sometimes guys like those, they make it work. Um, the next game here, uh, there's a little break in the action. Next one's at 6.50 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. 
the winner of Texas Southern, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson plays Purdue. I don't really want to spend a lot of time on any of these three teams. Uh, Zach Eady is seven foot four. Someone will draft him. I'm not really sure what that looks like in an NBA context. Uh, probably, I would assume he's a second round pick. Um, do they call uh, offensive three in the key in the NBA? Because they um, don't in the Big Ten. Yeah, and, you uh, could just camp out all day and, and never move and be big as shit. And I, I had to watch. So we just recorded a podcast on uh, on Bryce Sensabaugh. He was one mm-hmm. of the guys we talked about. And I had to watch. I've watched Purdue twice. And I'm like, God, the Big Ten is just so. I, I, I have a, I have a personal disdain for the Big Ten and how much love it gets and all that. And I just, it was so frustrating to watch. Like Zach Eady, literally just stand in the paint and not move for whole entire possessions. Um, but yeah, Purdue doesn't really have anyone other than him. He'll probably get drafted. I just think he's food in the NBA. The defense is just not there. Um, and I don't think what he does offensively really translates either. Like. He's a good post scorer, but not like an elite one, despite his size. So he's got decent I, enough I, touch I for someone that big. I mean, it's like he's better than like a Taco Fall or somebody like that to me. But I still don't see him having like a long, prosperous NBA career. Uh, all right, we'll we'll pick up the pace here a little bit for folks. Um, the the next game here at seven ten on CBS is Providence against UConn. Uh, Prospects to note realistically here, Bryce Hopkins uh, for Providence, former UK, uh, former uh, UK player, transferred after not playing much last year. He's probably their only guy, I I think, or see. Um, and then you've got Cason Wallace for Kentucky, six foot four guard. Everyone listening to this that's a Wizards fan likes him, I think. So probably not a whole lot I need to add there. And then you have fringe guys like a Chris Livingston. I hope he comes back for another year at six foot six wing. Oscar Shibay, six foot nine center. I don't see him as an NBA player personally, but um curious where you're at with any of the four of those guys, uh, Bryce. I love Kassan Wallace. He is um uh like one of my favorite players in this class. I think I currently have him at four on my wow. board. Okay. Um, very in on just him being someone who is going to affect winning at the highest levels. Sure. Um, I think his development as a passer over the course of the year has been insane. It's just not something you see very often in um, a severe wheeler uh, from the starting lineup seemed to, yes. to go a long way there. I mean, he's an awesome, he is one of the best defensive prospects I've ever seen. It's insane that he is six, three and makes the plays he does on and off the ball, mm-hmm. but also like he's become a well above average offensive player yeah. at the college level. And I think you can get to a point where he is at least somewhat above average, you know, at the NBA level, he makes good reads he doesn't do anything like super well, but he he'll hit a pull up occasionally. He can hit open shots. He can get to the rim. He's a good cutter. He just does everything. He's so he's just someone who I think, you know, if the Wizards drafted him, he's like an immediate culture changer guy. Not that I know him personally or anything, but just that you get someone who is such a winning player who who affects the game in the ways he does. All of a sudden, you know, a team can really shift what they what they do um also Bryce Hopkins, real real M- he like is an mf right like yeah. you're not gonna back down from people he's playing against like nick smith in these high school games and nick smith has other five-star recruits and wallace has like nobody and he's still not like backing down i i respect that yeah no i i love him i also think um you know from uk like you know Shibway is whatever Maybe there's something for Jacob Toppin long term just because he is such a springy athlete. But 
this that team is really not full of prospects and they haven't yeah. been for what feels like a while but then next year they're gonna have like everyone six first round picks so yeah. um you know four uh, and then moving on to providence i don't really like this providence team that much but bryce hopkins is interesting just a really thick wing strong driver strong post score makes some good reads as a passer pretty flammable defender i would say that's his biggest issue but my favorite prospect on this team is actually devin carter uh, he's like a 6-3 wing he actually plays a lot like Saad wallace so maybe i just have a type but just Four like a version it's like a real dog on defense yeah. uh can also you know step out and maybe shoot he hasn't shot well this year but shot better towards the back half make some plays as like a you know pick and roll player just does a lot of things well he also leads the country in dunks for a player six three or below in in terms of high major players um for whatever that's worth i did a query on that a while ago found that really interesting he's not elite but i i don't know like he's the type of guy who i could see sticking around he reminds me a lot of um Oh, I can't remember his name. He was drafted. He went to Mississippi State, was drafted by the Spurs, and played a little bit for the Warriors. Uh, um, um, I was going to say Robert Woodard, but... Uh, no. Um, who was like a 6'4". Oh, it's oh, going to kill uh, with Witherspoon. Yes, yeah. Quindary Witherspoon. Yeah. Oh, good pull, Matt. Thanks. That was impressive. Um, but yeah, so like that's... I don't know. He's a kind of a guy. I prefer him to Hopkins, but Hopkins is also fine. Um, just to me, to me, he's like a small ball big. I mean, I, I just... I don't know if he were three inches taller, I'd find Bryce Hopkins a lot more interesting because he just doesn't have as much perimeter game um, as you would want from a six, seven guy. So, yeah, he can drive a little bit, but that's really about it. Uh, Next game here we have at 725 p.m. Eastern time on TBS. uh, Drake, the 12 seed against Miami. That's probably one of people's most popular upset picks, I would think, just because Miami's a little. uh, banged up right now, their center, Norchad O'Meara, TBD at this time, whether he'll actually play or not. And if he doesn't, I think um, maybe draft Twitter darling Tucker DeVries for Jake, uh, for Drake, could go apeshit. Uh, six foot seven, sophomore, scores it, rebounds it, shoots it, does a little of everything. I buy the shooting long term. I kind of call him like poor man, poor man's Doug McDermott, you know, like plays for his dad as a coach, like. Smart, solid. He's going to beat you because he's in the right places. I don't, I don't know what the long term ceiling is there, but he's a fun college watch. And then for Miami, maybe Isaiah Wong is an NBA player. I don't know, another six three microwave kind of scoring guard type. But um, yeah, n- nobody really crazy flashy here though. Although I I do think DeVries is fun. Yeah, speaking of super old teams, Drake is really old. Yeah um but they, they they were in the tournament with like this whole like core group like two years ago and now all of a sudden they're back but plus devries who's an nba prospect like i i think they're a reasonable team to, to bet on actually yeah i i mean i like devries a lot uh he is a shooter through and through um he like you mentioned greg mcdermott that's actually probably the best comp for him just in terms of like his best skill specifically is movement shooting. Mm. Um, he's good at kind of shooting off balance and off rhythm, but still kind of getting himself square to the basket and hitting those shots. And he's great at that. Doug McDermott was great at that too. He doesn't really do a ton else. Um, the question is whether or not he can survive defensively. This will be a great game to see whether or not he yeah, can survive defensively because Miami plays just a lot of ISO ball, a lot of 
kind of funky wing sets where they're trying to get their guards matched up uh, into, you know, good, good matchups where they can isolate. You mentioned Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, also somewhat interesting, maybe. Jordan I don't really Miller? buy with either of those guys. Do you see Miller at all? No, the guy who really pops for me from Miami is Wuga Poplar. I have no um, idea who that is. I'll be very honest. <laughs> so Wuga is like a, just like a stupid, impressive athlete at 6'5". Okay. Really just floats, can can finish well above the rim. Um, has a solid handle. Uh, just does a lot of interesting things. I believe kind of came to basketball a little late. Um, is a sophomore. I, I can't remember if he's a true sophomore or if he uh, registered. He's a true sophomore. So just a guy who I think is interesting. Um, I, I, I honestly have no idea how far he'll, you know, if, if he's going to get any real looks this year. I think next year is probably more the year for him. But I prefer him, you know, in the long term to guys like Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong or Jordan Miller or no Chad Omie. I just, I think he is at least the most, um, projectable with an NBA skill set. Uh interesting. I will have to pay a little bit more attention then. Uh the next game, six or sorry, 730-ish. Uh you've got um Gonzaga is playing is that Grand Canyon? Um yep. sorry, I can't even read my own handwriting because I am old school and still handwrite all of my notes for this show, which is uh, a little inside baseball. Drew Timmy is on this team. He's just fun for me to watch. I just enjoy that kind of player. I don't know. I've got a soft spot for that. I don't know at this point what his NBA prospects are. I still would honestly take a shot on a guy like that with a two-way. If you've got that much touch, you've got that much feel and footwork and stuff like that, you run the floor well. I don't know. I don't see why not. Um, Julian Strother to me, I don't even love, but I still feel like he'll probably end up being better than Corey Kispert because that's just how my life seems to work out. Maybe Nolan Hickman is an NBA prospect. Uh, that's kind of all I got from this game. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I mean, Strother's probably worth, uh, you know, a real look. It's just He's just good. Like, he's just yeah. a good shooter, makes good plays on defense. Not elite on defense, but isn't bad there. Yeah. Good finisher with good touch. Like, just seems like a guy who's going to stick around as a high-level role player for and a long clutch time. this year, too. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, he, you know, Darius Miles had, what, like an eight-year uh nba career like he's probably a little better than him he's six five i don't know he's interesting at least sure. uh, i like nolan hickman a lot i think nolan hickman is probably still one more year away yeah. just he's has come to on really... late though i'll give him credit for that he has he has to prove that he's that level of like pull-up shooter yeah. but i think he is long term like i think i i, I don't know my, my thought my whole the whole time with nolan hickman is that he is going to stay in college until eventually he is like a national player of the year. <laughs> That's, the Andre Nemhard approach of just by yeah, year four, he'll be. Absolutely. Be and like, so I played against Hickman in high school. So I, no, no I, uh, I, I know a little bit of how his game, his game goes. Um, he's just a really funky ball handler, good pick and roll operator. Just a guy who I think is worth monitoring. Also like, Good size. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's listed at, but I think he's probably like six three, six four. They list him at six two, and he feels bigger than that because I think he is a good athlete and he looks long. Yeah, it might just be that he looks bigger, but like he seems big to me. Uh, like like at least at the very least, average size for a point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's probably you know I don't think Hunter Salas is really a guy. Grand Canyon doesn't really have anyone. They're just a fine whack team who kind of just got hot at the right time, coached by uh Scott Scott Drew's brother or no. Yeah, yes. 
yeah, yeah. sorry i got Former them mixed Vanderbilt up in my coach. head yeah. yes his claim to fame i don't know he recruited darius garland and then he was hurt and he got fired um that's kind of it. uh 9 20 p.m uh, on tnt you have florida atlantic against memphis i think this is a really good college basketball game two kind of interesting styles of play both of them could beat purdue in the next round in my opinion I don't know. Maybe Kendrick Davis is another one of those guys that does well in the G League. He's a six foot scorer, and he just just scores the shit out of it. Um, I don't know that I really see any like long term NBA prospects from from either of these teams, though. Whom I know you've got somebody on this Memphis team. Who am I missing? Memphis doesn't. I mean, like they're probably their most intriguing NBA guy is, and I'm gonna mess this name up. Uh, the hyphenated Ricci Akabundu Yago. Yeah. But he's barely played this year. Right. He's just a stupid athlete. Yeah. But like good size, I don't know, I, a little touch. I don't, yeah. I don't really love anyone on this on this Memphis team. Uh they're another team that's really old. Yeah. They have um, a literal 26-year-old. And I saw the stat that their starting five is older than the Oklahoma City Thunders starting five, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, so just just for reference, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players at the top of the rotation. All seniors. Yeah. Um, many DeAndre Williams is literally 26. Like, yeah. That is not even an exaggeration. I know I like to exaggerate on the show, but he is a 26 year old. That's wild even, shit to me. Even Kedrick Davis, who you brought up, I think he's 23. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't love Kendrick Davis. I just wish he was a slightly better passer, sure. um, but could win in isolation pretty consistently for like mm-hmm. a 510, 511 ish guard. Um, so maybe something there. Florida Atlantic doesn't really have anyone. They're just incredibly well coached. Yeah. Maybe the closest thing they have to a prospect is Vladislav Golden, who is like a um seven one big who I don't know is kind of just a solid rim protector and efficient scorer. Started his career at Texas Tech. Um, didn't play much there. Um, but you know, has finishing sixty four point three percent of his twos this year. Uh, protects the rim all right. I, I don't know. Like Florida Atlantic doesn't really have anyone. They're just super well balanced. Like yeah, you look okay. at their basketball reference play like page. It's just you know their high score is at thirteen point five, and basically their lowest score who plays real minutes is at five point one. Like they just spread the scoring out. Everyone can get some buckets, and um, so yeah, I, I'm with you though. Both these teams can absolutely beat Purdue. Uh, that they're just fun college basketball and be very con- uh, contradictory styles against Purdue. So I'm looking forward to that next game, 940 CBS Montana state against Kansas state. I have just adopted this Kansas state team this year. Cause I think they're a fun college basketball team. I don't see a ton of NBA prospects here. Maybe Keontae Johnson, six, six uh, wing has a chance. I love, 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 love more than any person has liked a fringe prospect in a long time. Naquan Tomlin. I've talked about him on the show a bunch, six ten guy that just i don't know he's sometimes a wing sometimes a center a little bit of both um he's athletic but probably not going to get a lot of draft love this cycle maybe one of those two guys is a late second round pick and that's kind of all i got anybody i'm i'm missing here from this one no i mean naquan is interesting um just because he like he's not interesting if you treat him like a 22 year old but, but he is interesting if you tr- treat him like the 19-year-old he is in basketball years. Right. Brand new to the sport. Well, not brand new to the sport, but didn't play high school basketball. He did not play high school b- basketball. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's something there. Um, I think the handle is mostly fake with him, but he is a, you know, he could potentially exist as like a switch big 
who could just drive. I, for me, I just worry that like as funky as he is as an athlete, none of it is actually that functional. Like his leaping is mostly one foot, which is fine, but like he takes forever to load up to like catch a lob. Um, he is not a good enough shooter to like draw attention out there, including like there's a couple, I don't want to say famous, but like notable plays where if he's missed a couple in a game, like he'll catch and they'll leave him out there like Ben Simmons and he just yeah. won't take the shot. He'll drive into nowhere. So I I'm interested. I, I want to root for him, but he uh, hasn't done a ton for me. Conte Johnson is fine. You know, if you, if it wasn't for the baggage with him, which I don't really want to discuss, but he'd honestly probably be a top 45 ish guy, mm-hmm. but there is that kind of, you know, the stuff he did at Florida and it is frustrating to hear him get talked about. It's like this feel good story all the time. When, yeah. There's, there's some know. personal things there. If anyone wants to go Google that on their own and we'll just um, leave it at that. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Uh, next game we got here, nine fifty five on TBS Kent state against Indiana. Jalen hood, Shafino six foot five ish combo guard. Trace, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. They love the hyphenated names on this Indiana team. Six foot nine center who is good at jump hooks and things around the basket and being physical and not ever getting cool called for the fouls he can <laughs> commit. Uh, I, I really enjoy seeing guys in person because I think you get a good feel for them. Unfortunately, when I saw Hutchfino in person against Maryland, it was the worst game he's probably played in his whole life. So that colored my perspective. And then a couple nights later, he went like supernova against Purdue. So um, he's probably a guy that ends up fringe lottery, I would think. I, I don't really buy the Trace Jackson Davis NBA player thing other than just like he's a decent athlete who plays real hard, but not big enough or can't shoot at all. So uh, I don't know, I'm kind of out there. Where are you with uh, with those two guys? With TJD specifically, he is just someone who, if you've been on the prospect radar for four years, and you've never made that jump to being an actual prospect. I'm I'm kind of just done. Like yeah. at that point, he's he's probably gonna get a two-way. Hell, he might get drafted. He could stick around the league for like five, six years, but he just the the, the odds of him ever being like a real valuable NBA player are slim to none to me. Yeah. But Shafino's interesting. I have not done any sort of deep dive on him yet, but he impressed me a lot in high school. Um, he was someone who I was pretty high on coming out of Montbird. Um, you know, six five, six six ish plays a lot of point guard. Um, pretty good passer. It's been an efficient kind of self created shooter this year. My worry with him is that I think the handle is pretty bad. Uh, from what I have seen, and that just always worries me when you're asking someone to be like a legit guard. Um, but there could be something there. I haven't dug deep into the defense. I've heard somewhat positive returns on that. Montbird tends to teach good, you know, rotational defense and awareness and that type of stuff so maybe there's something there i i think you're probably right in your assessment that he's like a top 20 ish guy and i could see him falling into that range for me but i haven't done a ton of digging on him yet um my hot take is that he's kind of this year's johnny davis uh like just that guy that gets a high volume as like the lone guard creator scorer for a good solid big 10 team that gets him some attention and None of it's actually like super translatable to the NBA. They're they're different players, but um, you know, you're six foot five, you're not a great athlete, you're not really that good a ball handler, like you said. You kind of play straight up, you dribble kind of high, you love a ton of mid-range pull-ups. Like I I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm still there's still enough question marks for 
for me there. And, and maybe again, that's because when I saw him in person, he was crap. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, last game, right? So we got probably two more guys of note here to talk about. Well, maybe actually, maybe there are a few more, but uh, 10.05 Eastern time on True TV. The winner of Arizona State and Nevada plays against TCU. You'll probably know more about maybe the Arizona State guys than I would if the Cambridges are NBA prospects. I have no idea. Um, Mike Miles for TCU is interesting. Six foot one guard, not really a great shooter, but he's fast as shit and um, just seems to make winning basketball happen around them. Emmanuel Miller, Leonard Miller's brother, maybe is a good enough defender that somebody would consider him at some point uh, as like a G League guy or two way or something like that. But um, not super high on and anybody from this game personally. Um, and anybody I'm missing or anybody that you really are, are kind of all in on here. I mean, I, I like Damian Ball for what he is. Okay. Uh, he's probably not an NBA guy at all, but really fun point of attack defender. Uh, Mike Miles is just pretty good. Like, I, I think there's just, he's someone who is probably worth taking in like the second round. He is a solid like tier above like the Adam Flaglers of the world. I feel I like so I've too. like I've hit on him a ton this pod, but uh, Sorry, it's just like, it's just, it's a good, like, like that, that's a good representation. Like James Akinjo, who is yeah. an older Baylor guard, like, Guys who are really solid college guards who just, you know, are, are going to get some looks, but probably aren't really NBA players. And there's kind of that tier above where it's like good college guards with more of a path to NBA success. Miller kind of falls in that, though. It does worry me that he's been pushed off the ball so much in favor of Bob being like the point guard for this team. It's not something I really expected. Um, it's worked like Miller's or Miles, excuse Mike me, has Miles, been yeah. a, a more efficient um you know three-point shooter slightly and he's a really efficient two-point scorer for his size but i just i i'm not like all the way bit bought in on him i don't really see it with emmanuel miller i either or like a you know micah pv i don't really i don't really dig those guys i also think this this uh tcu team could be primed for an upset there seems to be some behind the scenes stuff going on with eddie lampkin not playing in this game yeah. They as for Arizona, can't, no. they can't really shoot. I mean, like as a team, they they score because they just run on everything and they guard and are pesky and things like that. But I, I do worry about the shooting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for Arizona State, um, I don't know. The Cambridges are are fun, especially Des Desmond Cambridge is like really funky pull up shooter, movement shooter type. Not super efficient, but you know, good defender at six four two. He's just skinny. Mm-hmm. He's old. He's really old. That's probably hurts him more than anything. Devin Cambridge is a good defender and athlete who just if he could just be like a, a really efficient shooter instead of just a sort of efficient shooter could maybe be something. And then I'll I'll give some love to Warren Washington because I I, I think it matters if a big makes their team's defense really good. And he has done that. Arizona State is one of the best rim protecting teams in the country this year. They rank sixth in opponent two point percentage. Um, and he's a big part of that. They do plug the lane. That helps too. But it's a lot of Warren Washington. He plays traditional drop coverage. He's a he's a like an interesting rim runner prospect, I think, who who gets a little bit overlooked because he doesn't have like he doesn't put up a ton of points because he hasn't played an offense that's really suited for his skill set. Bobby Hurley runs a lot of like chin stuff where he's catching well above the break and mm-hmm. just isn't great for him. But I, I think he's kind of fun. It doesn't really count as an ASU prospect anymore. Uh, just semi worth noting that at some point in time for several years, uh, Marvin Bagley's brother, Marcus Bagley, was considered an NBA prospect. And 
he was dismissed from this team earlier in the year because he couldn't not tweet about wanting more minutes on the team. I don't know. So um, maybe somebody gives him a workout or something like that, and he shows up somewhere. Uh, Bryce, any anybody you want to circle back on here or just like reiterate, like, this is the guy I'm doubling down on. This is my guy from this group or uh, like a sleeper name that you think people definitely should check out above and beyond, uh, you know, above all the rest here. Man, I don't have like, there's not a ton in this group that I'm super in on. I think Baylor Shireman is probably the closest I have to like a favorite, someone who I really buy into. And I think he could be in for a huge tournament. Um, but I think I think the biggest thing I, I like to hit on at this time of year is treat these games for what they are for prospects. Don't let them make or break a prospect for you. Yeah. Just treat them as extra volume. I actually, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who says like completely disregard them. I actually do give them like a slight it's a, bit it's of a relevant data point and it's in a, a meaningful setting. It's not. Some, yes, it's, like, it's a setting where they're absolutely trying their hardest. Right. Right. And you it, it, and you should be able to see that. And that matters. But also it's basketball. And sometimes good shooters can just go 0 of 6 from the field or something like that. Yeah. Like if Jordan Hawkins, you know, if UConn gets upset by Iona and Jordan Hawkins goes 0 of 8 from the field, that doesn't mean he's suddenly not a prospect. He's still a great shooter. It's just sometimes that happens. That's the sport. Um, and so that's that's kind of my always my final note with anything March is use these games for what they are and and watch and enjoy and have fun and use them as an evaluation tool, but don't use them as the evaluation tool. It's still a one game sample size at the end of the day. And then that's uh, important note. Uh, Bryce Hendricks, everybody, Upside Swings podcast. I plugged it in the first part of this. I hope you check that out with Stone Hansen, one of his co-hosts. Um, Bryce, thank you for doing this. I always appreciate you, man. And these were the deep cuts I was hoping for. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. Uh, you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We are presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube